12.03. We are here once again. Dr. Payne Show. Dr. Lou is here. one 855 Dr. Lou to get a hold of him outside of show hours or info at paincarecanada.com. We have a uh, show chock full of business this week, my friend. Uh, we're going to get to a guest you have on the show today. We're going to uh, focus mainly or a lot of the show anyway on concussion. So we'll get to that here in just a bit. Um, anything happening this week that we should we, or did happen this week that we should know about? Yeah, well, we have, uh, we have a guest today, Dr. Adrian Rossi, who's an associate of mine that uh, uh, specializes in treatment of concussions with some very interesting techniques out there that are new and, and, uh, and very break ta- uh, you know, kind of groundbreaking in terms of what's being done for the treatment of concussion. And I figured this would be a very important topic to talk about uh, when you consider that, you know, it's so prevalent in mm-hmm. sport and it's not just that the elite level that it's prevalent it's also at the levels that most of the people that we would know like the kids that we have or the people that we know are playing in men's leagues hockey football uh it could be very prevalent i mean it's also prevalent with things like car accidents and i know we've heard uh in this past week that there's been more pedestrians hit uh in the last few months 18 the other day yeah exactly and one fatality yeah crazy and so and i mean you obviously want to avoid the fatalities uh but a lot of the people that are going to survive in any type of serious trauma might have a concussion base and it's the long-term consequences of those concussions that could cause a lot of problems going forward Mm -hmm. so there's proper ways to get those treated and I, i thought that would be a very important topic for us to discuss is how do you manage a concussion properly uh and what is it that people should be doing and and more so than managing there's even the talk around how do we implement certain things in order to minimize how often right. concuss- like we know the nfl has done a lot right now uh to try to minimize the impact of concussion 416-870-6400 star 640 on cell always inviting your calls especially under this topic i mean it's 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 bound to strike a chord of somebody if not a lot of people who are uh, listening got uh, adrian rossi on the line uh, hi adrian how are you Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Doctor Lou. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, for joining us. So there you go. He's yeah. here. So yeah, let's here. Uh, let's pick his brain. Not to be uh, pardon the pun, since yeah. we're talking about concussion, right? <laughs> yeah, quite all right. So we're going to, uh, here's what we're going to do basically over the next little while. And again, we invite your calls if you have any questions or comments or something that's affecting you as well while listening to the show. We basically want to do like a top five uh, symptoms, unusual or otherwise, when it comes to concussion, right? So uh, how about you throw either you, Dr. Lou, or Adrian, you can throw one out there for us to start off. We'll expand on it. What do you think? Well, you I want think to go for it, Dr. Rossi, or you want me to take it? Well, at first, I wanted to say, uh, you know, it's a little, it's hard to say what are unusual signs of mm-hmm. concussions because there are so many in between. Right. So maybe we should talk about more of the pertinent ones that people may think are not as obvious, but really they can be hallmarks of the condition. Excellent. Okay, go for it. Give me one. All right. Uh, well, headaches and drowsiness. We have a lot of patients walking into the clinic like they just had 40 minutes of sleep for the whole night. And this is consistent over a length of time? Most prevalent in the beginning stages of it. Talk about that because most people, I mean, how many of us wake up in the morning like we feel like we haven't had enough sleep? You know, yeah. we got a headache, but who knows? Maybe it would be a game of shinny the other yeah, night. We and, banged and our to, head on the pavement. To add to what Dr. Rossi is saying, one of the things uh, when people are involved in some type of trauma, whether it's they just, you know, got checked into the boards and they're unsure, the hardest thing is if you've never had headaches and all of a sudden you have a headache, it's easy to say, okay, maybe I'm suffering from a concussion. What's harder is the people who suffer from these types of things anyways, yeah. and then they start to continue to suffer 
separate and they don't know how to distinguish whether it was from a concussion or not. And headaches are a good example of that because of how prevalent they are regardless of it. And even drowsiness. Sometimes people people just tend to say that they're tired all the time. But how do you distinguish being tired all the time versus a new type of tired, which is due to some type of concussion? And as Dr. Rossi said, uh, they, these types of symptoms do tend to be more prevalent in the initial stages of the concussion. And then as time and rest uh, play a role, they do start to minimize. But I think the important thing, and maybe Dr. Rossi can touch upon this, is for those existing people that do have these types of symptoms anyways, what's a big distinguishing factor? Yeah, because my wife has chronic uh, migraines, Dr. Rossi. So how is she going to tell the difference between one of her own, here we go again, headaches and possibly a concussion headache? Well, again, the, the biggest thing would be history. If it's something that she has experienced throughout her life and she notices changes when the weather's come off, when the weather changes, uh, that's a little differentiating than someone who's uh, in a football game and they wake up the next day because they thought that that tackle wasn't as hard as they may have perceived it to be, but they're shaken up and they have a headache the next day and a little drowsy, not feeling right in the classroom, per se. If we back it up for a sec, Dr. Luke, just a concussion, basically, in, in layman's terms, isn't that really the, the brain smacking on the inside of your skull? Yeah, the, the, the actual medical term for it is coop counter coop, and all that essentially is happening is your brain, there's a little bit of give between where your brain is and where the skull is, mm-hmm. and what's happening in a concussion is the brain is going back and forth within uh, the skull and, and making contact, so you're inducing some type of mild trauma to the brain in that instance, and that's exactly what it is. It's just movement of the brain within the skull. It sounds it sounds like it could be really devastating. I mean, even with mild symptoms, I mean, that, that brain should not be rubbing up against the inside of your skull, right? Absolutely not. It's definitely not, not something that should be happening. And that's why we've, as a society, uh, we've started to get better in, in trying to recognize when these things are happening. Because what ends up happening, and it's kind of like any injury, is that once you've sustained a concussion once, you're more prevalent and more likely to sustain a concussion again. And not only do you sustain it again, but those symptoms that you have tend to get worse and worse and worse. And, uh, you know, I've treated elite athletes who have had repeated concussions, uh, ignored it, or not necessarily ignored it, but continued to go through with their sport. And, you know, have I've even had one case where the person and ended up suffering a brain hemorrhage. And so that was kind of the end stage. Luckily, everything was okay, but that's how serious these things can get, that once there's trauma induced to the brain and it's repetitive over and over again, there can be some very serious consequences. Also, when you look at, uh, um, you know, I, I don't know how many of our listeners have watched the movie Concussion with Will Smith and about, um, you know, the head trauma related to um, football and other different sports, but, you know, what they're finding with the, the chronic... Uh, Uh, traumatic encephalopathy, which is something they talk about in that movie and Mm -hmm. is documented now, that the brain actually changes. It can make people do very, very strange things that they're not even aware of. Behavioral changes. Behavioral changes. And that's one of those symptoms that could be very weird. Like irritability could be a symptom of a concussion. All of a sudden, for no reason, you start being moody. Uh, People say you're angrier. These are things that may indicate that there's been some type of trauma going on in the brain. I mean, it's it's ended careers, I think, you know, maybe even Brett Lindros is, I mean, that ended his career multiple concussions couldn't play hockey anymore right yeah that's right i i think one of the things too is um you almost have to give credit to some of these people who realize uh what they've undergone and end their careers i think it also takes Mm -hmm. a certain type of person to say you know what i know that i've had this it's going to be prevalent going forward maybe it's time i stop because now you start to border on 
you know, something that you do for a job potentially affecting your life right? and the lives of others around you. Because, I mean, there's been instances where people who have undergone that chronic traumatic encephalopathy have ended up killing their wives, their kids. There's examples of this in right. professional wrestlers. Chris Benoit was an example of this um, where he suffered this type of stuff and, you know, brutal killings of his wife and yeah. uh, and his uh, and his kids. So, uh yeah, it needs to be something that is taken very seriously. One of the interesting things where I, why I invited Dr. Rossi to the show was he does a lot of therapy with light and lasers, and I'll let him talk okay. about it, on how he actually treats these things and, and gets the brain better. So, uh, Dr. Rossi, if you want to... Stick around. Back. Dr. Rossi will uh, get you. Again, your phone call is 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. This topic is peak your interest. We're talking about concussions. They're all over the place. Give us a call. And Dr. Lou and Dr. Rossi will be be taking your calls as they come in here on the Dr. Uh, Dr. Payne Show Talk Radio, AM 640. 1215, yeah, your calls, uh, bring them on in. we got open phone lines here. Dr. And, uh, Adrian Rossi's here, of course, Dr. Lou, taking your calls. And we're talking about discussion uh, for this hour anyway, basically on concussion, because it's, I mean, we just talked about it off the air. It's not only pro sports, elite sports. It's also the kids who are out there right now on a Saturday morning with their moms and their dads. Yep. And they're banging their heads off the ice. It might not be physical contact, but it's contact of another nature, right? How does that affect them? Yeah, and and just to add to that point, it's not even just those structured sports. It could be them at recess, right? They're playing around with their friends. They're doing things. And again, if the brain is moving within the skull, you're creating some type of concussion base. What I want to get to, especially since we have Dr. Rossi here right now, is he's done a lot of stuff towards uh, using light and laser therapy through the eyes in order to make a change in the brain uh, in order to help these people that suffer from concussion. So Mm -hmm. he's had all the way from, like you said, you know, five, six-year-old kids who are just playing shinny all the way to elite athletes to people with stroke, any type of neurological thing where he's been able to use uh, this type of intervention to have an effect. So I'll let Dr. Rossi talk. How does that work, Dr. Rossi? It's fascinating. And it first sparked my interest when Sidney Crosby was first sidelined a few years ago. And there was a chiropractor from the States that was developing some methodologies and based it on a study that came out where a swim coach was noticing that his athletes, when swimming from point A to point B of the pool, they were going faster than when they would swim from point B to point A. And he realized that what was happening was when his athletes would go from one end of the pool to the other, and the photographers would take pictures, the lights would go off and excite their brain and actually stimulate their cells and their nervous system and the muscular systems to produce faster, quicker movements. Conversely, when going from the opposite way, it would inhibit their movements and it would slow them down. So he <laughs> thought that there was something to the lights going off and stimulating his athletes that may give his team a little bit of an advantage. So there's more to those blacked out uh, swim goggles uh, than just fashion when it comes to the Olympics and elite athletes. So if we hung a disco ball above Usain Bolt, <laughs> might be able to shave a couple hundred thou off his time. We don't know. Yeah. So how are you using that for therapy? It's fantastic. So we have, there are certain reflexes that exist uh, within the brain that we can access through uh, eye movements. Um, and that's with our patient actually uh, performing active eye movements and um, from myself stimulating different regions of their brain where they put on this device, which is as simple as glasses that flash lights onto different parts or quadrants of their brain to stimulate areas that I've decided after my assessment with them need stimulation will help them get there from where they are today to where they need to be. And this is so, for this is for concussion based too. 
this is really, really, I found the best results are for concussion, but any type of neurological issue. I mean, it's easy for me to put my hands on your shoulder or the knees or the ankles, Mm -hmm. but I can't access your brain. And we have found a way to essentially hack into it through the eyes to essentially give the therapies that we need without any medication at this point. Yeah. If, if I can add something there, one of the things, and we've repeatedly talked about it on the show, is the importance of rehabilitation for injuries. Right. And what Dr. Rossi is explaining here is the importance of rehabilitation of the brain. How do you rehab the brain? But the harder thing, like he suggested, is it's very easy for a practitioner to grab your knee, move it around, or for a surgeon to go in and repair that uh, meniscus. But it's much harder to rehabilitate the brain. So you have to look for points of access to the brain. And one of the high neurological points of access to the brain is the eyes and using lasers, lights in different quadrants based on a a proper assessment. I mean, this isn't something that anybody could just do. There needs to be special training. And I know with Dr. Rossi, one of the things that he also does is not only is he doing this therapy in clinic with these patients, but he's teaching them what they need to be doing at home and what types of exercises to stimulate their brain uh, is going to really be beneficial towards them healing in that concussion. Dr. Rossi, we mentioned, uh, you know, some headache symptoms, some dizziness. What else can you expect or what else should you be looking for if you're not familiar with a concussion, if it's happening to you? Irritability would be one of the biggest things. Frustration, irritability, sensitivity to bright lights. Uh, any, like Dr. Nalia touched on before, Dr. Lou rather, anything um, out of the person's norm or outside the norm of their personality, personality changes. That's a big red flag. You know, we, we were talking about this again uh, while we were in a short break, though, uh, Dr. Lou and I. And, and uh, for years, it's always been, you know, that uh, that personality change, the aggression. We've always called it, you know, quote-unquote roid rage. And, uh, you know, Dr. Lou says possibly maybe you're know, thinking about it from the wrong end. Maybe it's not the steroids. Maybe it's a symptom of concussion, yeah? Yeah, well, we always, we like, I know growing up especially, I, I was very into, like, the pro wrestling, the WWE oh, stuff, yeah. as I know Dr. Rossi was because we've had many discussions on this. And, you know, we always assumed as in those earlier years of this type of discussion that these people had rage and they were doing all these crazy things and it was roid rage. And there, there may be a point where that's true, but I think what's fascinating is now that we're starting to learn that chronic traumatic encephalopathy and the types of changes it can have, it's very analogous to that roid rage. So how are we able now to look at this and say, is it really the steroid use that's doing this to people? Or could it be more that head trauma that's causing this type of change in these people? And, and, you know, this also goes for kids for example, who are bullied and beat up, right? And and there may be changes that happen over their life that get them to a certain point uh, that cause them to have these personality flaws or behavioral changes. And so that's really the importance here of, of understanding is one of the things that I try to talk about, and I'm sure Dr. Rossi will agree on this for, for concussion and neurological screens, is if you have young kids out there, mm-hmm. it's worthwhile to come see myself or Dr. Rossi to get baseline screening. In order or anybody because- who's trained to do that type of testing, really. Right. Yeah. So we need right. to understand where is that person now? That way we can cha- gauge if changes are happening later on. Phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lines are wide open. And uh, write this number down as well, even when the show is over, one eight five 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 five. Dr. Lou, that'll put you in touch uh, with Dr. Lou. Dr. Rossi, hang around as well. We've got more of the Dr. Payne Show coming right up. Talk radio, AM 640. It is 1224. Dr. Payne Show. Dr. Lou is here. Dr. Rossi as well joining us for this hour. Uh, 1-855-DR-LOU. You need to get a hold of uh, Dr. Lou outside of the show. We're info at paincarecanada.com. 
Got issues, go see him for sure. We were talking uh, before the show started. I think I have what's called golfer's elbow. I'll tell you what it really calls a pain in the ass. It can't work out. <laughs> Plain and simple. So you said, pain and uh, pain in the elbow, that's yeah. right. Well, it's moving Wrong down. anatomical spot, John. That's right. Maybe you just don't know your elbow from your ass. I know. <laughs> what are you, my dad? So, uh... <laughs> So you're talking, you know, best thing, and people hate to hear this, you need rest. People don't like rest. It's an interruption in their lives. They feel like they're getting old. Uh, Speak to that, Dr. Rossi, about when it comes to concussions and that type of trauma, how important rest is. It's it's paramount, paramount in the initial stages. It. Our brain needs the rehab uh, as much as it needs the rest in the initial stages. And there are simple things that we can do, and that's uh, putting our cell phones down, shutting off our iPads, turning our computers off, uh, less light stimulation. These little things, you know, listening to music on low volume, if not at all, resting in a quiet, dark spot. Our brain really needs time in the initial stages to recover from the trauma that's induced. That's that's so key. I mean, you look. I mean, my daughter is eight, and she is plugged into stuff like that. You know, you try to get her out doing sports and other things, but kids are just surrounding their car. You plug in your car, it comes up in your screen. Your phone's instantly connected. Yeah. If if I can add something to Doctor Rossi's point about how important. See, the thing about rest is one of the things we need to distinguish is when we say the word rest, we need to define rest okay. for the individual because people think rest means don't do anything and just stay at home, blah blah blah, and and that's what scares people because it seems like it's an all or none concept. What Dr. Rossi alluded to there is that rest is a relative term. So rest in that individual's case may be, uh, you know, if they're also a student along with a hockey player and they're spending 10 hours in front of their computer, maybe rest is not necessarily no computer time, but maybe two hours of computer time followed by a two hour break. And and that's where the individual assessment comes very much into play is is determining what are the right amounts of rest. I know one of the interesting things too, when, uh, when we look at what computers, cell phones, anything that has this light stimulus and what it does to us. We often talk about, uh, and we have patients as well, myself and Dr. Rossi, who have sleep disturbances. One of the quick recommendations that we make is put that thing down, you know, an hour before bed because it is stimulating the same way that he talked about with the photographers, uh, stimulating these people's brains. When you have those things in front of you before you're trying to get restful sleep, it's creating a level of stimulation that you probably don't need at that point. That's right. So, So rest can also mean which period of the day should you not be doing these things and i'll let dr rossi add a little bit more to that go ahead yeah, dr absolutely and i mean talking with students for example there is a specific return to school protocol it's really difficult for a student who hadn't had time the night before to study for a test due to concussion to then immerse himself or herself into a classroom with bright lights and loud noise and this big test in front of him and it's really imperative that they do get a little bit of rest or in that case we allow for different recommendations and a lot for the teacher to give them more time, have them in a different room from the classroom where there's not a lot of outside disturbances and they can focus on the test. And to just build on Dr. Lou's point from before, um, and if it's imperative, if it's imperative that you need to be on the cell phone or in front of the computer, something as simple as looking at the screen from an angle gives a little less intensity than looking at the screen directly. So there are these little nuances that we can implement. Yeah. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. You got any of these uh, symptoms? You think you might have a friend or somebody in, in, in sports or, or otherwise has been having concussion problems? We're discussing it this hour. Feel free to give us a call. So we've, uh, we've gone through a couple points, uh, Dr. Rossi. What are some other signs of concussion, either uh, obvious or otherwise? I think one 
hallmarks, um, and it's and I wanted to bring this to a point is only four percent of concussion patients suffer a loss of consciousness. Mm. So it's really important for mm. our listeners out there to understand that just because you didn't black out doesn't mean you're not concussed. Right. And uh, one of the and again just building on uh, to that is the confusion that will stem about because of that. Uh, and that's why you're asking your athletes right away, what day is it? What's the score? What half are we in? We want to make sure that there are no initial disturbances. I think that's an awesome point that uh, Dr. Rossi just brought up. And again, it takes me back to my perspective on healthcare should be individually assessed and is very relative because he's very right. Most people assume that if they didn't black out, they didn't lose consciousness, that they therefore do not have a concussion. And I guess the discrepancy in is, is in the word concussion is in loss of consciousness. So people assume that it means the same thing. But as Dr. Rossi alluded to, it's very th- different. Concussion is a syndrome. It's a constellation of different symptoms, which may or may not include loss of consciousness and or other things like right. irritability. And this is where the importance of if you have had some type of head trauma, most people will know if they've had an impact that has affected, whether it's a slip and fall, just the whiplash component of a car accident, or you're playing outside and you go down hard with you playing with your brother, your sister, there's a concussion component that may have occurred and may not necessarily cause these big, loud symptoms that we would expect. And so the proper assessment of what I was trying to get to mm-hmm. before about baseline testing, what are the neurological capacities that the individual has at this point in time and comparing it to at a later time if that happens we'll continue that discussion 416-870-6400 star 640 on cell dr Payne show continues it's right here talk radio am 640 1233 dr Payne show dr lewis here of course and dr adrian rossi joining us for the hour talking about uh, everything under the umbrella of concussions so uh, your phone calls as well 416-870-6400 star 640 on cell would love to hear from you got uh, about a half hour to call in and voice your opinion or your concerns we you know we started talking about this uh during the break and we'll we'll tread lightly around this one because we don't want anybody to not use them, but we started to talk about the conversation of helmets mm-hmm. uh, as a concern to sport and also something as, as simple as riding a motorcycle. Yeah, or, or bikes for that or matter. Or bikes. So what do you think and, about that? And obviously they're very important. And again, mm-hmm. we're not suggesting that anyone doesn't wear these. But when we look at the conversation around concussion, I think that helmets do a lot to protect from outside in. So preventing the fracture of a skull uh, is is going to be a role that it plays. Can it really have an effect from the inside out where it stops that movement of the brain to hit the skull, that coop counter coop? Mm-hmm. That's, I, I would say, based on my perspective, may be a little bit more arguable. So people think, oh, well, if I'm wearing a helmet, and again, I th- I'm not advocating to not wear a helmet. I'm advocating for wearing a helmet. But understanding that wearing this helmet is probably protecting you more from a fracture than it is from a concussion. So you shouldn't automatically assume that, you know, if you're playing shinny with your buddies and you fall and you hit your helmet that, well, I didn't suffer a concussion because I was wearing a helmet. No, you may have still suffered a concussion. It's just the helmet probably did a lot to prevent a fracture or worsening symptoms. Because I've often, and I've said this when this whole thing, you know, in the last several years anyway, especially when it comes to NFL ball and they're talking about helmets and making the helmets better. Even then I thought it's the rapid deceleration of the brain smacking against the sky. Helmet's not going to stop that. 
right? It's, yeah, it's, unless, you know, I, I don't know the exact technology that they're using in things like the NFL helmets. What I am confident to say is, is like the point that I just made is that for sure it's going to protect you from the very serious things like fractures mm-hmm. and things like that, which, uh, you know, could, could very well be life-threatening. But what I really want to get across to the listeners is don't assume that if you or your kids or someone that you know is just wearing a helmet, that that's preventing the them from proof, concussion. Yeah. That yeah. can still lead to concussion. And the discussion here is recognizing those symptoms that may exist around concussion and getting them assessed early on and then going about the proper treatment and rehabilitation of that specific symptom so that you don't get worsening effects as you go on. Because the last thing you want to do for a kid who's playing hockey is have them stop playing hockey. I think it's it's good that, these, that kids are active, but we could do a better job as a society and as individuals that have kids to call the responsibility on ourselves uh, to make sure that we're getting these kids looked at, tested for baseline, and then uh, in implementing the proper treatment if necessary. Dr. Rossi, what do you think? I think it's so important because we oftentimes are not really um, – you know, we don't have light shed on to the long-term effects of concussion until later on in the athlete's life or the individual's life. So I think having a baseline to refer to, um, and the earlier, uh, the better. What's your suggestion? And we were talking to Anthony here uh, in studio a few minutes ago. A guy, you know, uh, you know, typical guy. He's out on the weekend. He's playing shinny or some, you know, some lower league hockey with buddies. Takes a flip, bangs his head on the ice. He's like, okay, gets up, but he's got to go to work on Monday. Maybe he's got a headache. Maybe he's feeling some symptoms, but he's got to go to work. Does he? Take a week off. Does he get rest? Does he get treatment? What's the uh, what's the suggestion? I mean, the biggest thing is we want to first identify if it's an emergency scenario. Is is he unconscious? Is it, has it, did he vomit after the initial impact, or is this something that uh, kind of precipitated throughout the night and the next day he is uh, feeling the symptoms? I, any prudent practitioner is going to recommend that that person be assessed because they're not the expert in that field, and sometimes we can't shake that off. And God forbid that person doesn't wake up the next day. We want to make sure to stabilize whatever injury would be there, uh, would be that serious or not. So on whatever scale that may be, especially with the head, you definitely want to have that checked out by the appropriate specialist. Mm-hmm. 416-870-6400, star 640. And so, well, you mentioned vomiting there. What other signs can we look for, uh, like I said, otherwise uh, you know, obvious or not obvious about concussion? Sometimes seizures. Uh, wow. to rear their nasty heads. Uh, you'll have uncontrollable uh, arm and leg jerking. Some people may complain of numbness and weakness in their limbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes that may also be indicative of a fracture in the higher parts uh, of the spine, uh, be that where they're experiencing that. One of the things that I'd love to hear is I'm sure we have listeners out there who you know, may have had something that they thought was a concussion they are not sure we'd love to hear the types of symptoms that people have had after you know even minor head traumas or things that have happened in their lives whether it was sport related car accident related a slip and fall uh, I, I think it would be good to kind of get the prompted questions and look at what some of these because I think the the way to identify weird symptoms is to really have the people who have suffered them call us because you know, for Dr. Rossi and myself, we look at this and although we're calling them unusual, they're not unusual to us mm-hmm. because they're neurological symptoms. Everything that he's mentioning, if something happens in the brain, it can lead to different types of neurological types of symptoms. Uh, and the brain has an effect on everything. So therefore, to him and I, nothing is really unusual, but it may be more unusual to people who aren't educated in this type right. of stuff. So that's you, 416-870-6400, star 640. So this may seem obvious, but is it a big factor? Uh forgetfulness, slurred speech, not remembering things, is that all part of it as well? 
Yeah, and and again, the point that Dr. Rossi was alluding to is one of the things with concussion, and like most, uh, we'll call them musculoskeletal injuries, is you really want to make sure that there's nothing more serious going on. And concussion is one of those things that once you've eliminated hemorrhage, stroke, any more serious neurological condition, you're confident to say, okay, these symptoms exist because of concussion, because something like slurred speech can also be a symptom of uh, a stroke. And so right. we don't want anybody out there thinking, oh, I have slurred speech. It's probably just a concussion. Well, no, it could be a stroke. If it's not a stroke happening and there's nothing around that, then maybe the last thing that it is, is a concussion. That's right. We'll take a, a quick break. Your phone calls 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lots more of the Dr. Payne show coming right up. It's right here on Talk Radio, AM 640. Dr. Lou here, of course, and your phone calls. Uh, we invite them. And Dr. Rossi is here for the remainder of the hour and has been. Got uh, Ken. Welcome to the show, Ken. How are you? Doing well. Good. You got a question or a opinion I for don't. Dr. Rossi or Dr. Lou? Go ahead. I'm doing well. My daughter isn't. I have a um, 20 year, 28-year-old daughter who just over three years ago was kneed in the head, actually in the temple, by a horse and oh. gained a concussion. Okay. She has had... Um, MRIs done, they come back normal. Mm-hmm. She has been to numerous specialists, you name it, she's been to, plus family doctors, doctors, and uh, no matter what has gone on, she, the headaches are um, still, still are occurring. Um, Ken, oh, has she oh. done, besides any of that stuff, has she done any of, we spoke uh, earlier in some of the earlier segments this hour about uh, the, the light therapy and different types of interventions uh, using the eyes. Has she done anything like that to potentially help her out? She went to a neural ophthalmologist who has got her to do all sorts of eye exercises, yes. Okay. Uh, do we still have Dr. Rossi here? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Rossi, do you have any opinions around this? Has she tried anything with light stimulation through the eyes? No, she has not. I know, I know she has not done that. Okay. Yeah, so, so a tool in our toolbox that we haven't explored. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think the point that Dr. Ross is trying to make here, uh, Ken, and we try to make this often, is you kind of, as a practitioner for us, one of the things we do is look for what's the missing piece, because potentially that missing piece might be the key to the treatment component. And like Dr. Rossi alluded to there, that's probably the component that's been missing uh, with your daughter. And I would say at this point, it's worth a shot. I see that you're out in Hamilton. I mean, booking an appointment with Dr. Rossi is probably not a bad idea. It could, it's a very quick assessment. Uh And he can figure out a lot of things that maybe haven't been figured out to this point. And a lot of the recommendations are probably things uh, that she could be doing at home and doesn't necessarily have to go for repeated treatments. And I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Dr. Rossi. (laughs) Dr. Lou, you nailed it. (laughs) He often does. (laughs) Yeah, that's my job. He often does. Uh, Ken, I'll give you a number uh, to start with anyway. 1-855-55-DR-LOU and info at paincare. Canada.com. We'll, uh, we'll take a quick break here. Lots more coming up on the show. Uh, actually, you know what? No, we'll not take a break. We're going to talk a little more about this. So other than that, I mean, what other things can we look at, uh, Dr. Rossi, as far as concussions concerned? Symptoms-wise. Uh, what, symptoms-wise. Right. Well, I mean, we, we discussed about the seizures rearing their head. Uh, sometimes individuals can't recognize people or places. Mm-hmm. I actually had a story of a patient that forgot how to put on their socks. Come on. We needed, yeah, and we needed to reintroduce that to to their brain and reestablish that connection. And and really, the the wonderful thing about the brain is it has the ability 
to reestablish this connection. So if one route is down, it'll establish it in another way, and you're able to then have that ability that you'd lost. And to, to add to his point, I, and now that he's talking about it, I do remember once having a patient uh, that we were assessing, and the only thing that was strange uh, that suggested there might be a concussion once we started going mm-hmm. into it was they were talking to me because their penmanship had changed. So that they found that when they were writing, uh, sometimes they were unable to lift their hand off the paper and not properly go to the next letter. And that was kind of cool. And that's where we started the process and determined, yeah, that they, this person had actually had a concussion. And that's the part of the brain that it was affected. Again, for us, for Dr. Rossi and I, this is all kind of normal because these are symptoms. The brain controls everything. And so if there's an insult to that brain, then it could potentially have an effect on anything that the brain controls, which could be anything. You know, I wanted to mention that, uh, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you just had to step outside today and you know it's not too far to we're getting into the cold weather and the snow weather. Yep. The car accidents will happen. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be concussions. And uh, if you listen to 640 for some time now, you know the Insurance and Injury Law Show with Savannah Tamarkin's here uh, tomorrow. Now, you're going to be on the show tomorrow with Savannah. Yes. And then uh, next Saturday on this show, right, this time Savannah will be on with you guys. So uh, kind of the interplay between what he does and what you guys do. Yeah, and one of the things, uh, you know, Savannah and I speaking one of the things that we that I talk about even to my patients when they're involved in something like a disability claim mm-hmm. or a car accident, a good personal injury lawyer is part of your healthcare team now because that's going to be their job to make sure that whoever is supposed to be paying for your care right. pays for your care. So that's some of the things that we talk about tomorrow on his show. Uh, and then next week we'll be live, obviously, as we are here uh, with Savan, and we'll likely deal with all things related to car accidents specifically. And we're going to encourage people to call, whether it's a car accident due to an injury question that they have for me or maybe a legal question that they have for Savan. But yeah, we're trying to do uh, looking at everything from a holistic, all-encompassing perspective. Have you guys ever found in, in any of your practice I mean, you know, the, the severity of the concussion notwithstanding, is there any uh, gender, age group type of person that comes back better from a concussion than others? Uh, I'll let Dr. Rossi answer that because he is uh, in our team. He's usually the one that treats these types of things. So he might have a better. What do you think, Dr. Rossi? That's a great that's a great question. Uh, for me, it's been a 50-50 split. Right. The biggest thing here is, is we've, we've seen that the majority of these concussions will resolve within a two-week period. About 89, 80 to 90% will resolve within a two-week period. Um, once treatment starts, maybe not resolve 100%, but we then we'll get you well on your way is what we're noticing with this. Recovery time, though, it should, we should note, we have found to be a little bit protracted in children and young teens uh, just because of the development of the brain. Yeah, and and one of the things, I mean, from any natural healthcare perspective, uh, you know, anything prognosis, which is how likely someone else is, someone is to get better, depends on a lot of things that stay consistent. So obviously, you know, and we hear about this, like with the flu, who should be getting flu shots, the very young and the very old. So likely those types of people uh, may have some type of uh, decreased prognosis and getting better from a concussion. I also think that level of fitness, the same as when we see somebody who hurts their shoulder, one of the things we look at is how fit is this person in terms of cardiovascular fitness. Like athletes we find tend to get better quicker than someone who's the weekend warrior mm-hmm. because they just tend to be a little bit unhealthier. And so I would say that probably, and Dr. Rossi probably agrees, that a lot of those common characteristics of prognosis that are so important end up being important in uh, in concussion management as well. I'm actually you guys are either really good or I'm just shocked that two weeks seems really quick to get somebody back uh, in track that quickly with a lot of, you know, that percentage of, of, of getting fit again. Two weeks seems really quick. Yeah, Dr. Rossi, uh, you want to touch on that? 
It, it was a study that had come out in uh, 2008. It was the uh, Third International Conference on Concussion. It was held in Zurich. And uh, it was a conclusion that they had come to in the panel uh from some literature, they unanimously retain the concept that the majority of concussions do resolve within a short period. Um, what we want to focus on too here is that 20% where after seven days, 10 days, they haven't shaken it off and they, they can come in and we can get them well on their way. Like Dr. Payne had uh, said before, it's very patient-specific. Your athletes are going to respond better than your non-athletes, and your children and adolescents will take a protracted time to recovery because of the development of their brain. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. you still got some time to call in with, uh, with any issues. You have questions about concussion. They'll get them answered right here, right up until 1 o'clock. The Dr. Payne Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. It is 12.53, last few minutes here of the show. Phone calls, uh, yep, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Steve, hi. How are you doing? Good, Steve. What's your concern? Um, my, my question is um, big di- mi- mi- uh, misdiagnosis of actually concussions. Um, I'm involved with pretty high level of hockey, and, and, and you see a lot of... Uh, Concussions happening with, within the hockey players themselves, but I'm finding lately, and I'm not sure if you if you're you know if you're seeing this where it, it tends to be a neck injury, a neck injury more than it being a concussion, mm-hmm. and it takes some time to actually figure this out depending on what doctor you go to. Yeah, have you found that in your practice with uh, some of the injuries that come your way? Absolutely, and I think the the most important thing, and, and maybe Dr. Rossi touches on this too, is when you're getting assessed and someone says that they've had a head trauma, well, the head has to be attached to something, and likely if the head sustained some type of trauma, probably the neck, the upper back, the shoulders probably sustained some type of trauma. That's where treatment needs to be focused. This is my big thing. Treatment's focused towards the root cause of the person's problem. So, And I know Dr. Rossi does this a lot when he's treating his concussion patients. He's also usually treating their neck. Also, because of uh, when you consider that the brain stem, uh, which controls a lot mm-hmm. of different things, is in that area, treating the neck can have an effect on that brain stem, which also has an effect on treating the concussion. So, yeah, absolutely. When you're looking at a concussion, I would say there's a lot of different areas that could have gotten hurt as well besides just the brain but definitely the neck is going to be an area that needs to be looked at and i know that uh like i said dr rossi and the team that he has treating this stuff uh they definitely look at that whole uh musculoskeletal component as well what do you think dr rossi want to expand on that I think it's absolutely important. You have mm. to look at all the segments that are associated with the area of complaint, and it's sad that if it ever goes missed. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, the biggest thing that we have to learn is that our patients that come through the door are not textbook, you know, examination examples. They're yeah. allowed to have more than one thing wrong with them, and we need to be aware of that and be astute to observe and detect it and attack it at the appropriate stages. Yeah. Steve, you need any more information anytime, one 855 doctor Lou would be the number. Got uh, Christina here on the line. Christina, how are you? Hi, I'm all right. How all are right. you? I'm good. Great. Um, I called because um, I was in a car accident about five weeks ago. Okay. And I was uh, diagnosed with uh, whiplash and uh, concussion. Now, they said small concussion at first, but... Um, okay, I'm being. I have all those symptoms of um, uh, memory, memory problems, headache, uh, light sensitivity. Okay. And um, I'm being treated with the, for the whiplash uh, in this last few weeks, um, uh, but it's and I'm on tap to see a, a concussion specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I guess it's my question is um, um, how, how how is the best way to keep proceeding with uh, looking for medical treatment? Uh, Dr. Rossi, do you want to take this? Uh, I was going to say that the best course of action to take is uh, what your medical physician has recommended to you to do so far, and it sounds like uh, you're being directed down the right avenues. Mm-hmm. Do you know when the appointment with your concussion specialist would be? Uh, no, that's not. Uh, that's in, in uh, process right now, I guess. Christina, so kind of to be determined. Yeah. If I could add one thing that I, and I often encourage this even of my own patients, is the second opinion is never a bad idea, and that's from someone else. So, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that you're getting all the appropriate care, and that's great. But, you know, seeing someone like Dr. Rossi as well to get his assessment, his opinion, is not a bad idea. And even if his recommendation gets taken back to the team that you're currently using, at least you're going to get the appropriate care. And, and again, this is something I even encourage of my patients, where I'll say, you know, go get that second opinion because and and i'm sure dr rossi agrees no one person knows everything and 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 we can all make mistakes and miss things it was something i was alluding to when i asked when the appointment would be because us here at pain care canada we're happy to expedite that process and you know we can see you if you give us that call we can see you within that 48 hours 72 hours so if it's something that's really frustrating you and yeah. I can kind of sense that with uh, with the, the way uh, your voice is coming through the phone, we'd be happy to see you in the clinic even before you go to that concussion appointment. And we're not saying that you shouldn't go. We're just saying that you may be able to do something uh, you think. Yeah, Christine, appreciate the call again. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou and info at paincarecanada.com. Come see the guys uh, for sure. You got about uh, a minute. There you go. Wrap it up for the week. Yeah, I, I guess that's the biggest thing. And, and that last point that Dr. Rossi was alluding to and that I alluded to uh, goes for all things related to pain management. That second opinion from us, even if you're listening out there, you're getting treatment from someone else for something, whether it's a knee issue, a shoulder issue, a low back issue, you're not happy with the results. We are very, very happy to assess you uh, and and determine either, yes, everything's being done correctly, follow through. It's just that reassurance mm-hmm. a lot of the times that helps patients that says, okay, yeah, I'm happy that... What's being done is appropriate. And then a lot of times we do end up finding, yeah, something is being missed. And when something is being missed, we can add that into the treatment perspective. And again, the pain care network that we have, we work all encompassing in that we want to work with people's current healthcare teams as well. We're not we're not trying to take patients from other clinics. What we're trying to do is make sure that people get the right treatment and the right treatment goes through communication. And I've had plenty of people since I've started this venture come in where I provide a recommendation back to their current yep. providers and they just follow through with that and the outcomes are much better. And I think even the providers out there welcome that. And I welcome it for my patients as well too. You'll be back uh, tomorrow on the Insurance and Injury Law Show at noon with Savannah. In the meantime, one 855 Dr. Lou and info at paincarecanada.com. Thank you, Dr. Rossi, for joining us. We'll get you back on the show as well. And we will be back here next, uh, next Saturday at noon. Dr. Payne Show. Talk radio, AM640.